How do you courageously engage your culture without being captured by the chaos? Welcome, men, to Recourage, a program dedicated to recouraging manhood as we let God's Word pierce through our fear and strengthen our faith. I'm your host, Scott Bryant, the director of Journey Up Ministries and lead climber of my amazing family. Thanks for joining me today on this dangerous but eternally satisfying journey up. Today, we'd like to ask that question and go to God's Word for courage. And that's what you'll discover on this program. There's not any courage available in just our experiences or in culture. True courage, like eating that bowl of courage in the morning, is going to come from God's Word. We want to take a look at what culture is dishing up, and then we want to go to God's Word and let them collide and experience the chaos for a moment that would lead us to find peace in the boat with Jesus. Uh, If you're like me, you're probably saddened to see that our amazing singer and songwriter, Celine Dion, is just simply going on a journey that is very parallel to where our culture is going today. Over the years, my family has really enjoyed Celine's voice. She's got an amazing voice. I think we've got uh, a video of some of our kids several years ago actually lip-syncing to some of her lyrics, and, and they're cute, and she's got this just amazing voice that pierces through and brings an emotion emotional response. Celine is on a journey. She's uh, recently took her twin seven-year-old boys to Disney World and came away from that experience uh, and said, you know what? It's time for me to go ahead and start a new clothing line because of that experience. What happened? Well, the, the bottom line is that she is just simply following her feelings following her feelings and doing what the feelings tell her are best. Now, I have to admit, if I didn't have God's word to to, to lead me on how I should lead my children, I would kind of go down the same path that Celine's going down. You just kind of take your observations from what your kids say they ought to do. What I want to notice real quick is just seeing what happened for her. She went to Disney World with her her, her, her boys, and as they're walking through, they are being drawn to all the Disney princesses and Minnie Mouse instead of Mickey Mouse. And so she asked her boys, well, well what about Mickey? And they responded, but we want to go see the, the princesses. And she caught herself and realized, you know, oh, you know, it's okay. They're, they're talking and finding themselves. And so being a loving parent, she let them follow their feelings. Now, I have to admit, it seems at first glance like this is the way to go. But our God says, no, you might want to take stock and see there's something bigger going on. Just because something feels good doesn't mean it is good. But I know that that truth, that principle, flies in the face of our culture. As Celine came away from that experience, she realized, you know, I now can see that I really need to let my children go with what they feel like. You know, she says, I don't know what they're going to be like later. I don't want them to have a problem of growing up and saying, well, I'm supposed to be like that. I'm supposed to say that. I'm supposed to dress like that because I'm a guy or I'm a boy. I'm supposed to, to do this. No, no, she says, you don't, you don't know. Let people be who they are as quick and as soon as possible. So she is going to liberate children now as she's launching a new line of gender-neutral clothing that allows young people 
to grow up in, on their values of equality with freedom to strengthen their own power of personality based on mutual respect. A lot of positive words in there, a lot of wonderfully liberating words if you're going to be blown by your feelings. So yeah, I'm saddened to see what Celine's doing. Uh, she's confusing her children. Though she's good-intentioned, she's setting them up for failure. They're going to follow their feelings off the cliff. How do I know that? It's not because I know it. It's because God tells me in Proverbs 14, verse 12. He says, There is a way that seems right to a man, but in the end it leads to death. If you believe your feelings that seem right to you are right, you need to know it will always end in destruction. Our culture is being led by feelings. Men, if you're going to courageously climb and engage your culture without being captured by it, you're going to have to go to God's Word to find out how you do that. Because on the other end of the spectrum, what I, as I pull away from that whole scenario with Celine Dion and, and just still getting my mind around that, it's just so sad because, again, love the music, love the feelings I feel when she sings, but you got to be careful because just because you're feeling a feeling when a music is going on doesn't mean you're going down the right path. I mean, let's go over to another end of the spectrum where today, sadly in Facebook land, you've got, uh, you got good godly men trying to figure out how to carry on a conversation in public that really it quickly begins to collide into chaos. If you're like me, for many years, you've enjoyed Ken Ham uh, over at Answers in Genesis. Uh, my family had this, the opportunity years ago to, to go to the Creation Museum. We haven't had a chance to visit since he's built the ark uh, and and literally I mean, he kind of looks like Noah you, you kind of envision what Noah would look like if you've ever seen a picture of Ken Ham he's a, a wonderfully intelligent man been used by God in tremendous ways uh, but what I've noticed over the years and it's to, first of all to know is I do not have the IQ of Ken Ham in, incredibly intelligent and has the ability to defend and define the faith especially when it comes to uh, the creation event and how God was the creator of our world, not evolution. And I can tell you that I personally subscribe to the young earth creationism and see that if God said it in Genesis, that the world came into being in six days, I believe it. And I would go down that path and, and see the beauty and the power that came from God's spoken word. I don't believe that man has anything to offer on the subject. All credible science is going to, to simply stand on the foundation of God's word that we see there in Genesis. But what I know is as uh, Matt Walsh, another godly man that has been uh, been around for several years. I have, I must admit I'm not near as familiar with Matt as I am with Ken, but I appreciate a lot of what Matt brings to the subject as he is a professional uh, blogger and writer uh, and very, very intelligent himself in bringing things to light. But what I want to notice today is these men, in essence, kind of clash on Facebook there in front of us, and maybe you are aware of it, maybe you're not, but what I want you to notice is that our challenge before us today is that we are engaging in public in very efficient, in very entertaining ways, but true relationship, true life change very rarely ever happens in public. 
In fact, oftentimes what it does, while it, what it, if it gains anything, it loses so much along the way. And so I'm praying for both of these brothers. Um, I care about them both. I care more importantly about the body of Christ as I see what's happening. And I personally do not enjoy reading any of the comments that people put on Facebook. Again, really what seems to happen is everyone's right in their own eyes and, and you see this discourse happening. And I truly believe there's actually nothing effective that comes from it. Uh, I, I want to point you to 2 Timothy chapter 2 today. And I want us to notice that this is where we get courage for our climb. As Matt and Ken try to engage, and, and you see my prayer at the end of the day is that they will be able to come together in not just a public manner, uh, but also a private manner that where relationships can be established and there can be learning on both sides. That requires humility. Men, that takes courage. And it seems like, honestly, the smarter you are, the harder it is sometimes to be sensitive to somebody else's reality. And so, I, again, I don't know um, who's behaving best in this scenario. All I know is they're engaging in a scenario that is, is really fraught with all kinds of chaotic confusion all around it. And, if, and I, I want to encourage you today, instead of joining in that, instead of just going along with our culture's way of getting into the conversation, let's see what Paul says to Timothy. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 22. He says this, men, flee the evil desires of youth. All right, so he tells you that courage means sometimes fleeing these evil desires of youth and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace, along with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. Now, before we get to the good, good stuff, let's start with what he says that we should do. Make sure you flee from those things that you desire, especially in your youth. And I would say that doesn't just apply to your youth, but especially when you're young on the journey, when you're young in the faith. You're drawn by your feelings to jump into the fray and speak what your pride wants to speak, to make sure that everyone knows you're right, that you know what you're talking about. And he says, no. I want you to pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace. And then he says, you get to be doing this not just by yourself, but you're going to be joined by those who are calling on the Lord out of a pure heart. Men, you should be gathering with other men, with other families that are on the same journey you are, calling on the Lord out of a pure heart. And the reality is, there are very few families in the 21st century that are doing that. You're, in order to call on the Lord out of a pure heart, that means that we are fleeing the evil desires of our youth. Those evil desires, he says, are going to draw us in to what verse 23 says. And I think this speaks exactly to where our culture wrestles. I mean, Paul and Timothy didn't have Facebook. They didn't have social media at their fingertips. But I believe that Paul would have given this very same instruction to Timothy if Timothy had had that opportunity. Here's what he says. Timothy, don't have anything to do with foolish and stupid arguments because you know they produce quarrels. In verse 24, the Lord's servant must not quarrel. Instead, here's what he says, men. And I would say if you want your courage for your climb today, here's what he says. Instead of being involved in foolish and stupid arguments, you need to be kind to everyone, able to teach, not resentful. He gives us three commands there. Be kind, be able to teach, 
be not resentful. Verse 25, it keeps on going. This is good stuff, guys. This is where I get courage for my climb because I have to admit, my desires, I want to jump in too. I see a fight, 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 let's jump in. But he says, no, I want you to know when to flee and I want you to know, I want you, I want you to know how to engage. And if you're going to engage in a quarrel, you better make sure you're kind, you're able to teach, and not resentful. Verse 25, those who oppose him, he must gently instruct in the hope that God will grant them repentance, leading them to a knowledge of the truth, and that they will come to their senses, escape from the trap of the devil who has taken them captive to do his will. Wow, a lot there, guys. But let's notice the cultural conflicts that are happening all around us, most of them are simply a result of our culture being taken captive by the devil and they're doing his will. They are caught in a trance, and if you and I are not careful, we'll be drawn right into that trap with them unless we take God's word seriously and do what Paul says to Timothy. Don't quarrel. Don't get involved in those arguments. Instead, be kind. Yes, be able to teach, not resentful. So he, he tells us there's this gentle instruction that we're called to give. Today, you'll notice in this podcast, I am coming to you with a passion and with a, con, a convinced mind that is going to be at a higher decibel level than I would then engage somebody who is not on the same page that I am. It requires me courageously trying to find that place that, that I like to call where truth meets grace. And to whatever extent you engage in the battle, you're going to need to try to find that place. And I'll be speaking a lot about this over the, our times together, but this is where I, I believe we miss the battle. Many of us engage in the cultural conflict and we find that place where we find truth, and that's all we find. We find truth, and we're totally ineffective in engaging because that truth becomes, like we shared yesterday, a sword that we lop off people's heads with instead of using that truth with the next part, finding that place where truth meets grace. Now, some of us are really good at finding that place of grace, but we forget there's a place of truth. There's only been one person that has found that perfect place, and his name was Jesus. He came full of grace and full of truth. The rest of us will spend a lifetime trying to find it. But it's so important that we find that tension in play in every relationship. And so the challenge with social media or these online discussions that are very public and very entertaining is that they all oftentimes find a place that only has one component. If, you, if you're smart enough, you're going to find a place of truth. And your argument, you're going to use that argument to, to take over everybody else. Or you're going to use your feelings. And you're going to use that feeling to find that place of grace. And if you can offer a compelling and emotional enough argument online, then people are going to be drawn to you. Let's just admit it. Let's just take the Matt Walsh and Ken Ham debate. Um, the reality is all of us are going to be misled by our feelings. Some of you are going to look at a picture of Ken Ham and you're going to go, hmm, older white guy. I think I'll go with the younger guy. Or both. Or some of you are going to look at Matt Walsh and go, well, he's a, a white guy or he's a, a guy. You know, the challenge these days is that we're, we're, we're totally misled by the outward appearance instead of truly looking for truth. 
looking for grace. And the reality is we don't really know what's going on inside of a man's heart. We don't know what his motive is. There's only one, and it's God. Let's leave Matt Walsh and Ken Ham to Almighty God. Let's leave Celine Dion to Almighty God. But now let's figure out how can we engage. And I would say to you, well, if you're going to talk to your coworker or to your family or to your peers about the cultural events, in that very conversation, you need to care more about the relationship you have with that person and more importantly, how that relationship is going to impact their relationship eternally with Almighty God. And so you need to understand that how you engage them, how you speak truthfully and how you speak gracefully is going to be so important. If we're going to courageously climb in today's culture and avoid those, the confusion and being drawn into the conflict in, in arguments that are foolish and stupid, like Paul says to Timothy, then we're going to need to courageously climb to that place where absolute truth meets amazing grace. That will be a journey, a journey of a lifetime, and it will only happen in relationships that you love somebody enough to do it with. Man, I'm going to leave that with you today, and we're, we'll keep talking about it as the uh, time goes on. I would encourage you to know that it's possible, but this kind of speaking truth with gentleness and, and grace and making sure you're not being resentful, that is only going to happen as you spend time with Jesus. We see that that happened in Scripture. We see men who spent time with Jesus and the world noticed. You might be thinking, I don't have the intellect of a, a Ken Ham or a Matt Walsh, or I don't have the voice of a Celine Dion, but I would give to you that you need to go back to the Word of God and notice in Acts chapter 4, the people saw Peter, they saw John, and they noticed that, yes, like it says down in verse... Um, in verse 13, they saw they were unschooled, ordinary men. Okay, they saw that, but the first part is they saw the courage of Peter and John. And they realized that even though they were unschooled and ordinary, they were astonished and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. If you're going to be a courageous man, you need to spend time with him. In his word, let his spirit guide you to that place where truth meets grace then lead your home, and then overflow into your church, your community, and then just maybe we'll engage in the cultural conflicts with truth and grace. Men, thank you for joining me today. I pray you've been recouraged to journey up by faith in your heart and your home. God bless you. We'll talk to you next time.